Hey, welcome back. My name is Zev Bennett, and this is the Soap Blocks podcast channel, Foundational Transformational Torah over here. And you can also check out our YouTube channel, the same name, Soap Blocks, for a lot of good stuff that's going on over there. This is uh, the Nefesh Achayim series, and we are kind of coming back after a pretty long break of about a week. Uh, unfortunately, the flu has been spreading in the area uh, where I've been working and living, so uh, that kind of knocked me out for about a week. So sorry about that, but hopefully it gave everybody a chance to really go through the earlier episodes and make sure they understood everything and, you know, what we covered until now in the book Nefesh Achayim. And we are about to start Perak Vav. Perak Vav is a pretty long chapter, chapter six, and it's going to cover a few different topics sort of inside of it. And we're going to just go through it and see if we can get through it in hopefully not too many episodes, maybe... We're going to aim for probably around four, see if we can pull that off, maybe three or four, something like that, and see if we can kind of cut through a lot of the different things that are going on here. So let's just start right at the beginning, Parag Vav. Uh, in the classic edition of the book, it's page 14, page Yudalid, and it's again section Aleph, chapter 6, Shahar Aleph, section 1, chapter 6, Shahar Aleph, Parag Vav. So he starts it right here. He's sort of building off what he ended off in the pre- in the previous Parag. There was a comment from the Arizal and from Ruchaim Vital, uh, essentially talking about what it means that he, that we Adam uh, human beings are sort of like the animators of the entire framework and structure of what's called the Olamos. In other words, the layers and wirings of all of existence in the space-time universe that we experience. So somehow our consciousness is like this power source for what's going on in the larger framework of space and time. And so we have continuously been using our analogy of like, think of it as like, there's a central power source, you can think of it as a central consciousness hub that we call the Ein Sof, the Endless One, Hashem, you know, what people tend to call God today in the cultural terminologies, you can think of that as the central consciousness hub, the central ocean of consciousness that then essentially expresses itself through this very, very complex series of, of layers and wires and channels. And, and then each of us is kind of like this, this um, smaller hub of consciousness that is embedded inside of the layers and wires and where each of us is sort of inside of the system in that way. And we also are, since we ourselves are also um, consciousness hubs, so even though we're not the central consciousness hub that we talk about, we talk about Hashem, who's the ultimate consciousness, we are only partial consciousness fragments, but we also uh, radiate and, and vibrate into the system in ways that actually influence and redirect energies through all the different wires and layers of reality. And so that has a lot of practical implica- implications, obviously. Right now we're just trying to read through what's going on in the book, and we'll see how he spells out the practical implications on his own. So the last idea was essentially that we are this animating force. We are what's called, uh, like, sort of a... We, our existence is... is it, makes exist, it makes existence, the larger existence, sort of be alive and operate. So let's see how he explains that. Om enyan... This whole idea that we animate existence in that way requires more explanation. Because he, in other words, Chaim Vital in the previous part, when he was explaining the teachings of the Arizal, so he spoke in a very shorthand kind of way, as is his way to do so when he's teaching all these hidden truths that Chaim Vital tends to speak in a 
in a little bit of a more shorthand way and relies on you to understand what he's saying, which is very common, by the way, for Kabbalah writers. Just like the Rav Chaim Vital wrote himself in his introduction to the book, he mentioned that. That he uncovers like a small amount of and he hides a huge amount in comparison. In other words, he says these introductory ideas, these shorthand uh, trigger concepts, and he expects you to sort of be able to unpack what it is that he intends. The way that he makes it sound and what he wrote there is not really the way that it is. How does he make it sound? That, that Adam, to, towards the layers of existence, is like the actual life force that animates existence. Just like your, your life force that, it's, that is attached to the body that you use, that whatever the, the life force sort of initiates and activates, so it's going to be done directly through the tools of the body. And as soon as the, the life force sort of activates, so the body immediately does it. That does not make sense in our parallel context that we're trying to explain. So what he's saying here is that in the body, the way that your life force animates your body is, even though it's an analogy for the way that your that your consciousness animates existence, there is a difference. And the way that your that your life force animates your body is that you know when you decide you want to move your arm, there's no delay. You don't experience a delay of like, oh, I decided to, so now I'm going to announce inside my mind, arm, prepare to move, and then you kind of like you know say that, and then your arm begins to move on its own. It's that you have that. There's no separation between the sense of you. And the, and, and the arm moving, it's a seamless uh, system where as soon as the arm moves, as soon as the, the impulse to move the arm arises, the arm actually moves. And there's like a, there's a oneness, a unity in that process, which he says does not exist between you, the consciousness hub that you are, the consciousness fragment that you are radiating out into the larger universe. So you do not actually impact the universe in such a direct way as that. And he's going to explain what exactly that means and why that matters. Haga. So now this is his interlude comment. Um, so meaning parenthetically, basically, that's the interlude here. That if it would be true that it was a direct unity, the way that it is between the your life force and your body, it's also if it would also be that way with the larger universe, then that would lead to the following uh, result. Shabbat amiratenu kedusha lemata memela boso rega mamash gama malachim hayu makdishim emarom itanu keachad. Um, that it would kind of imply that at the moment that we say Kedusha down below, that would automatically mean that instantaneously the Malachim would do Kedusha above. So I have to just explain a little bit what that's talking about here in the background, which is that we say some, we have a series of things that we say uh, every day. We mentioned it earlier. Uh, it's called Kedusha. And that, that essentially is, uh, we say things like, there's a particular phrase. We say, Kadosh, 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 Hashem Tzvakot. We say that Hashem is called Kadosh and that we're referring to Hashem is the, the is the term we use to describe Yud Vavke, which is another which is essentially the name of Hashem in the Torah, and that four letter name called the Tetragrammaton is unpronounceable currently. We have we we have no ability to actually pronounce that name the way that it is actually meant to be pronounced, which is a longer discussion too, which we'll get to when we talk about what's going on in section three of this book. And so what we're saying here is that we say Kadosh 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 Hashem, like Hashem is called Kadosh in three different ways. And to be kadosh essentially means that Hashem is sort of um, removed and unattached to every aspect of existence in the sense that existence is not really 
uh, influence or impact Hashem. In other words, Hashem is fundamentally above and beyond all of existence, even as He is completely and 100% involved and immersed in the universe and all of its elements through the system that we've been describing until now, the consciousness hub that Hashem essentially is, um, or the way that Hashem kind of expresses Himself as a consciousness hub that uh, is it, it interfaces with all of existence, and yet at the same time He is somehow... Um, able to be fundamentally removed from it and it doesn't really touch him. So as an analogy for that, you also kind of work the same way is that you are a self and you have all these different elements and aspects to your body and your character that you're playing, personality, different thoughts, and those things can pull you along and sometimes you can get confused and actually believe that you are your thoughts or you are your personality or you are your body, when in reality you are really above all of that and beyond it and beyond all those different aspects and roles and elements that are you know linked to the toolkit that you use. So when we talk about Hashem, so we say we have this phrase that we say that Hashem is kadosh uh, in the same way that Hashem is beyond um, all of those things. He is unaddicted, unattached, um, unaffected fundamentally by his involvement with the system of existence. So now what's described in a lot of, in the, in the Navi and in the Torah in certain kinds of ways and in other places in the Torah Shabbal Peh and the other Kabbalah writings is that when we say down below, meaning inside of the physical state of existence, we say this phrase, Kadosh, Kadosh, Kadosh. So there are these um, things called Malachim that we mentioned earlier that usually are translated as angels, but actually mean uh, very fixed fragments of Hashem's consciousness that are scattered throughout the system. And those fragments of consciousness, essentially, they, they um, you can even think of it as all those wires and layers uh, and channels of, of translation of Hashem's consciousness into all being. Those wires are made up of malachim. Malachim literally means messengers or, or uh, extensions of Hashem's will. And so whenever we down below say that Hashem is Kadosh, so those extensions of Hashem's will, they reverberate with our saying that, and they themselves also uh, describe Hashem as Kadosh in the same way. And that, that essentially reverberates through the entire system of existence. And so what he's saying here is that when we say Kadosh, the Malachim hear us in a certain way, not literally hear with ears, but they essentially experience the radiation of our consciousness uh, kind of deeply focusing on who Hashem is and how He is essentially beyond all being. And that radiates into them, and then they follow suit and do the same thing. But if it was true that we were directly animating existence the way that the life force that we have actually animates our bodies, so then it wouldn't be that they follow us when we do it. It would be that they do it as we do it. We do it, and they immediately mimic us at the same time, the same way that when you initiate movement in your body through your life force, it immediately expresses it without any delay. That's really what he's trying to say here. So he's saying, again, just to read that last line, it would be automatically that at that exact same instant that we say kadosh, the Malachim would also, these, these messengers, these, these um, wirings and, and system, system bridges, uh, which are conscious elements of existence, so they would actually immediately do the same thing as what we're doing. And the Chachamim, the, the sages of the Gemara, they said in Perkid Anashe, which is Maseches Chulin, the Malachi Asharis, which means the escorting Malachim, the messengers that essentially carry Hashem's consciousness and, and manifest it as existence as we know it, um, they do not say Shira, they do not, they do not express 
their their um, we'll call it, we'll translate shira for now as their internal expression lamala towards Hashem ad Yisrael lamata until bnei Yisrael the descendants of Yisrael Yaakov um, do that exact thing first down below meaning in the physical state of existence shenamar as is written baran yachad boker that there's this cheering that takes place. Um, in the morning, v'hadar v'yariu kol b'nei Elohim, and then as a result of the cheering that takes place down below, um, so that's when all these malachim are going to uh, cheer in response. And that's the, that's the Gemara's proof that you see there's this um, process where first we initiate and then they follow suit as opposed to it happening all at once. The lishna de v'hadar v'yariu, t'fei mash v'shehema lo klal, the language of v'hadar v'yariu, that um, and the Gemara says this language of and then afterwards they cheer, so that word afterwards sounds more like it means they don't begin at all um, to actually say Kedusha towards their creator. Until um, B'nai Yisrael actually finishes their Kedusha process down below equals in the physical state of existence. That's also the way that the, the people who wrote the, um, there's one of the brachos, uh, one of the sections of what we call Shemona Esrei, which is the 19 statements that we make three times a day that essentially encompasses the mission statement of, of, of what it means to be a member of B'nai Yisrael and also what it means to be a human being who is a consciousness fragment in the world. So th- there's a sort of 19-section mission statement encompassing the totality of that job or sort of like who we are and all the things that we deeply want and care about. So the third one of those in the series of 19 is what's called Birchas Kedusha Hashem, which is essentially talking about the phrase that he's bringing here, where it says, Ata Kadosh. So the way the phrase plays out is it says, You, Hashem, are Kadosh. Veshimcha Kadosh, your name is also Kadosh. In other words, you're, you are um, somehow beyond being and unaffected by it. And so is your name. In other words, there's no, there's no um, ability for physical existence to distort or sully Hashem's name in any permanent way. Hashem's name means Hashem's reputation in existence. And again, there's a lot of things here that need to be explained more, but right now we're just going to try to track through what he's saying here. And his main point right now is that there is this process that goes on whenever you do Kedusha down below, so that indirectly leads to the result up above. Um, so the way the brachas read is, you Hashem HaKadosh, and so is your name. And then it says, Ukadoshim v'cholim alucha, and then also Kedoshim every day are mahalel you. And that's referring to the Malachim, according to what he's saying here. That basically we say first Hashem is Kadosh and his name is Kadosh. And then the Kadoshim, the Malachim, they respond based on after we say it, then they say it. And this is this is true that it's like a, this kind of order, uh, even though from the language of the Zohar it sounds like Even though the Zohar sort of sounds like maybe the Malachim actually say Kadosh at the same time as us, at the same instant. That's because their Kedusha is attached to ours, so as soon as ours finishes, theirs immediately begins. So that's why the Zohar calls it one Kedusha, as if it's happening at the same time, because there's no break in between, but one does follow the other. So here, this whole the whole point of this section, this little interlude, is just to um, sort of solve a little bit of a problem, which is just to, to, to clarify that the system, it, it's a radiating system. It's not, a, it's not a simultaneous mirroring system where the whole network of existence that we are sort of embedded inside of, it doesn't, it doesn't mirror us directly that when you behave, then the system mirrors what you're doing instantaneously. It's that there's a radiating process where what you do reverberates through the system, and that's going to have implications also later in terms of how to understand 
different elements of the system. So that's his point right now. Okay. The main idea here, The main idea here that we're trying to say is that when Hashem actually externalized and differentiated existence um, out of his um, unity, the unified ocean of consciousness that was all one uh, homogenous oneness, that then differentiated into all this multiplicity, otherness, and diversity that we call the Bri'ah, the externalization of Hashem's being into a physical manifestation. So, he externalized us, these conscious fragments of himself, uh, what we call Adam, as the pinnacle and the culmination of the process of externalization that we call creation. Bri'ah Nifla, this incredible externalization of himself. This force that actually gathers in, or kind of like has like this um, this commonality with all of the other camps. It's a phrase from the Torah, which essentially is uh, referencing that we have something in common with every part of existence. We are the, ga- the, the gathering of all the camps, means we are the unifiers, we are the focal points that all other things uh, essentially funnel towards, and we have elements of all being within us. That Hashem included in us all of the different uh, shines and lights and, and containers and aspects and elements and layers that came before us in the process of differentiation. We have all of those within us and as part of us. And the model uh, of the uh, of the impact of the the self that is behind all being, and, and the way that that model in its different parts, what we call the Merkava, that we mentioned earlier in earlier episodes about this thing called the Merkava, is like the chariot, the thing which carries Hashem's presence in the world. So all the different parts of that chariot, and all the different forces that exist separately inside of the various layers of existence, both above and below, meaning in the more tangible aspects of existence, which is the tachtonim, and the more intangible aspects of existence, which is the elyonim. Each of those parts and aspects and layers and components each contributed some aspect of themselves in the construct of Adam, which is us. And those things were included in the various um, abilities and aspects and forces that comprise what we call Adam. And so they were all part of that. And then he's going to kind of back that up with this proof from the Zohar. K'mosh Amru Zohar, in Parshas Yisro, we're going to skip to the, um, to the Hebrew translation. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Keshebaras Adam. So the Kadosh, meaning Hashem, um, when he actually externalized Adam, Sider Bo Kolatsuros Shel Sodos Elyonam Shel HaOlam HaElyon. He organized within him all of the different structures of the internal intangible sides of the higher existence, meaning think of that as different um, aspects of consciousness and other intangible elements like thought. And we're going to have to explain where those things fit. But the point the Zohar is saying is that all the different intangible aspects of existence, and also all the constructs and, and, and structures of the, of the intangible blueprints of existence on the more tangible side of the universe, um, and all of them are sort of carved into the per- to, to the Adam. Because he is structured according to Tzalem Elokim, which means Tzalem Elokim means the totality of all diversification and diversity of existence. And so that's, that's just another proof from the Zohar. That's actually how we, we are constructed uh, of all elements of existence. And let's just read another Zohar here. Um, Parshas Tazria. 
And, well, he brings a bunch of different parts here, so we'll just kind of we'll skim through this. Parsha says, Riyatana came on the Nivra Adam Bechule. He doesn't really spell it out, but it's basically a teaching since the Adam was Nivra in this kind of a way. And then he goes on. He doesn't quote the rest of it, but that's it's supposed to be making the same point. So I'm sure if we looked up that Zohar, we would see that. Again, another one like that. Tachazi. So he's bringing a bunch of different sources here without really going into them. Um, we can probably skip a little bit while he's doing that. Yeah, so he's a few more lines down. But then he says, after he ends those that series of quotes, he writes, They said this exact idea in a longer language in the Tikune Zohar. Um, and you can see that there. And then also the Zohar in Parsha Yisro. Okay, a lot of quoting here. And then he finally mentions the actual line where it's, we'll read the Hebrew, the like the the facial the facial structure the, the the structure of Adam is the structure that includes all other structures, um, and that's also what it says in Shira Shirim. He says when it says So essentially, these are all different sources which you're welcome to look up on your own time to see more confirmation of this idea in the writings of our sages from two thousand years ago and older than that. Um, but that's basically the point that we are supposed to contain elements of all of existence. So we could finish up with this next short paragraph. Adam, and this is really what it means to be Adam. Shakol koach pratishabo, that every force and aspect inside of him, separate ones, misudar neged olam vekoach echad prati, is organized um, sort of like parallel to a particular aspect or, or facet or force. Misod hashir komash al klalakochos from the structure of, or you can think of the blueprint uh, of the structure of existence that includes all of the different forces. So Shir Koma, we also mentioned earlier, it sort of references like, Koma means like height, um, like from the word Lakum, which means to stand. And so Shir Koma sort of like references like the, the measurement of the height. And you can think of that as like, well, if the universe has a structure that's built in, in a stack, and that stack, every layer of the stack is somewhat slightly different and kind of has different elements and means different things as the stack sort of translates the consciousness of Hashem down through the stack and even into the stack to ultimately manifest what we experience as the physical universe. So that shiur koma, so there is an aspect uh, of every aspect of that structure we have within us also. Sudarim that and that stack is organized uh, conceptually um, according to the same model as the structure of Adam, that we're going to explain in section two of this whole book. So, so far, that's what Paragvav has really been about, sort of saying how um, there is this, again, kind of expanding on the radiating concept of the way that we operate as consciousness fragments and hubs really radiates out into the system and impacts how it works, uh, but in a radiating sense, not in an instantaneous mirroring sense. And then the next part of that is just that, uh, that the way that it works is that every single um, facet and aspect of existence is in some way uh, found inside of the structure of Adam. You can think of it almost as like um, we are attuned to every aspect of existence in our, in our own being. And so when you uh, vibrate a certain aspect of your being in such a, in a in any kind of way that it will then resonate with a different aspect of existence that is attuned to it. That's how you radiate out your consciousness into the larger system, and it impacts that. So again, right now we're just building the framework here. So if you feel a little lost, don't worry about that. Um, we need to just know a lot of information before we really start to see how this all works together. And all this is designed to really show you how you experience the world. Like you're experiencing it this way right now, and you actually impact and influence the world based on this 
you know, structure all the time. And so now it's really just about slowly learning, learning the parts of that so you can unpack this more carefully and understand it and then learn how to use it on purpose. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to stop with this episode with this part. And then starting with the next episode, we're going to continue with the Haggah interlude, which is relatively long in this case, and see if we can try to cover that entire interlude in the next episode. And then after that, we'll see probably maybe one or two more episodes till we get to the end of chapter six. Thanks for listening. Hope that was relatively clear. And if you have any questions or feedback, feel free to comment. And looking forward to seeing you or hearing you, sharing with you in the next episode.